Welcome to today's episode of Big Tech Small Biz, a show where we invite small business owners from the great state of Texas to share about the businesses they run, how they became small business owners, their biggest lessons about business, and most importantly, what they learned as they walked with God along the way. I am your host, Ryan Holland, along with co-host Justin Parks. Woo-hoo! Ryan, <laughs> that was how's it going, that, Ryan? Hey, that was, that was great. Thank Woo-hoo! you. That was great, Justin. I, I think this is becoming a theme where you're doing this kind of every... Me, I'm trying to get myself pumped up. A, a really, really uh, interesting yeehaw to kind of get Somebody us Somebody forgot to bring coffee this morning, small, so I'm well, trying to pump we're, it hold on, we're, up. We're, well, you know what? <laughs> we are not getting to that yet because on a, on a podcast with guests, remember... You, you can't bring the guests on immediately. You have to talk All about right, them. Start and, over. Or just talk and build up the anticipation. Hey, isn't this an interview show? Yeah, it is. And But where's the guest? Well, and wait, so you build sit, up that let's anticipation. Keep introducing. Let's keep let's introducing. Keep, and newly minted Big Tech Small Biz co-host, a woman who coincidentally a happens woman. to share. Yes, a woman. There's a woman in here. There's actually two We're, women in this here. This is a really woke podcast. Th- this is woke. You know what I'm saying? Because we include women. Because of coffee, because of the amount of coffee we've had this morning, we're very awake and ready. And we're going to get to who the newly minted co-host is, who happens to share my last name, Rachel Holland. Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Thank gosh. Thank you this for is doing terrible. that for me, because I, I was not going to yeehaw into the mic so I, justin did it for me i think you works. should i think you you should consider I, it no I, it's my signature shows. it's my signature thing i don't yeah. i'd prefer you guys come uh, up um, with your own well, well we're kind of in <laughs> we're kind of in texas we're kind of in texas yeah so yeehawing should be part of the game rachel how no, does I'm it good. how does it feel to now be a full co-host of the big tech small biz it, it, it must be exhilarating Exhilarating is a is a great word. Um, I'm actually really excited about it because yeah. hearing hearing stories from people who have walked the road of small business, which is a hard, long, treacherous road. Um, mm. I love hearing these stories, and so I'm really really excited to be a part of this. Well, we are excited to have you yep. part of this. Uh, we have a. Uh, fresh, I'd say fresh, yeah, fresh. I like uh, that. Bold, uh, grande, newly minted. No, no, not newly minted. No, <laughs> no. just lost I was all referring- the coffee conversation. <laughs> you were going uh, through um, the coffee references, a right? Grinding uh, guest today here on the Big Tech Small Biz a podcast. Grinding guest. Yeah, well, maybe not grinding. <laughs> I was just. It was the only kind of... Be- you know how you like grind coffee He's beans? He's been in the grind. Yeah, in For the grind. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See, that's why we hired you. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> likes to ro- he likes to roast. Yeah, he... he yeah. <laughs> He's quite the roaster. He's I don't a know. roaster. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, so who... I mean, who are these, these mysterious guests that are here in studio with us? Justin, who are they? Well, we have Jeff... And his wife Marsha from Hebrews Coffee. Woo! We're so excited to have him here. See, we, we didn't make the we didn't make the audience wait too oh. too long. Welcome to the podcast. We are excited. Welcome Thank to the having us today. Yeah. Thank I, you for driving 150 miles to get here. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome to the show. Wait, so, was it actually 150 miles? <laughs> no. No, not we're, 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 we're a bit out in the country. <laughs> it's, it's, we're a little ways out. <laughs> so we want to get right into it because we have a lot to talk about this morning. Um, so I wanted to know, like, your story, Jeff and Marsha. How did you guys arrive at where you are today? Like, what was the, what was the beginnings of, of where you're at today as a business owner? Uh, well, okay, it's kind of a longer story, but we'll, we'll condense it down into um, what we call Jeff and Marsha spilling the beans. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. I just was waiting for that. I'm sorry. Oh. That's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, uh, this is this is gonna get. I don't. I don't have. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm out of puns. I've I've utilized. I'm all mine for the day. Um, so Marsh and I have a very small, kind of shabby chic vintage coffee trailer, and um, we started a coffee business a year and a half ago, just on a little capital and the fact that a, a brother and the Lord had this trailer and they weren't using it. But the vision really started probably seven years before that. So I don't know, you know, this is a faith community, and uh, when we talk about, like, the brokenness of God and what that produces, um, it's pretty powerful. But the Lord had given me uh, a really sweet vision to do coffee while I was in a really dark place. So just a short testimony. 2006, 2007, 2008, I'm in a business with my dad. I'm an atheist, totally secular, going to U of H. Um, basically debating Christians and open forum and tearing mm. them apart with scripture that they thought they knew. And I was getting them to convert to this evolutionary nonsense theory. And I mean, I would take guys out <clears throat> and really just, um, just destroy their faith because they really didn't know their scripture. And I could learn just enough mm. to deter them to be just, you know, anti-Christian. Um, and so that all worked against me. Um, as my dad like gets in this place, 2008, we have this terrible fiscal financial crisis, and man, my dad gets in trouble. And he goes, and the cops come in to get him, and they say, hey, we're going to put you away, we're taking you to trial, and he loses his trial, and he gets 42 years non-aggravated for theft. <clears throat> so that pretty much just destroyed my life. My dad was my god. You know, I just, anything he did, I just thought he was tremendous, and uh, he was a great startup entrepreneur, just had a lot of ideas, big vision. And um, this this business particularly was like his dream to be in relationship with me and then pass this thing on. Um, so uh, things shifted. They had arrested my dad and tried him, and now it was, um, hey, uh, you were involved too, and you knew exactly what was going on, and we're going to offer you eight years incarcerated in TDC, uh, and if you take this, you will never hear from us again. But if you fight this, we will come against you with everything we have. So, uh, being an arrogant atheist, um, I was pretty quick to say, well, I mean, can't we win? I mean, wouldn't you have to prove that I stole the money? I mean, you just got my dad. I mean, surely it doesn't work that way. So I went to trial, and, and I fought against the hand of God. You know, that eight years was mercy, and you don't see that in the moment. Yeah. You don't see that DA as a hand of God. You know what I mean? Take, I mean, mm -hmm. as an atheist, eight years was mercy. I lost and I got two 25-year sentences wow. stacked. And so they sent me to prison. And the story's going to get better. Just stay with me. They sent me. <laughs> they sent but me here to, you are. Yes, here, <laughs> I'm here. Hey, I got People out. Are, Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, so I, I, I lose the trial, and they, they slam that gavel, and there's a lot of uh, oh breaking details and all of that. But was so crazy. It's not like the movies. 
you know, you don't get to kiss your wife. I was married uh, to, you know, another woman at the time, and um, you don't get to go kiss the wife and say mm. bye to your fam. No, you no. They take you, you right away. Taken away in chains, and that's it. Wow. And listen, God was working in my life, and I and I had been in the county. They had, you know, and I bonded out and all these things. And he had been working for probably a year up to that time, and I just would not submit. And there's just all this brokenness that was taking place. My dad going away, and, and so um, when the gavel slammed, and probably a day later, they put me in a cell by myself. And I, I just remember, you know, I didn't. We were kind of raised Catholic. I mean, it didn't mean anything. Didn't mean we were like real Catholics. And so there was no Billy Graham tracks in my life. There was no little salvation prayer on a pamphlet. There was nothing that I really had to say. This is how I'm going to pray to Jesus. So the prayer was just, God, if you're real and you want to use this life, use it uh, because I'm going to lose it. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm probably not going to cut myself. I wasn't going to hang myself, Justin. I was, I was probably going to go down to TDC and find pills because I certainly had enough pills I can overdose on it in my life. So that's just where the demonic um, end was coming. And then I just asked if he was real, man. I just said, are you real? And I'm telling you, like three minutes later, I don't know, five minutes later, I had this crazy supernatural hope that, I was like, oh my God, you're real. Like, mm. wow. wow. So I, I, I felt that I could do the 50 years. Okay, so. 50 that, years is 50, a long 50, Listen, time. 50 years in the state of Texas and TDC with no air conditioning is a long time. So as I walked into incarceration, they sent me to, and listen, I'm, I'm, I write a book, okay, it's, just carnal crap, but I write a book and it's my life and everything that's going on. And I'm telling you, the the week I finished this book and I sent it out to a lady that was helping out with us, um, the week I they they shipped me off to to big prison. But the most uh, amazing thing that took place with me, and hopefully I can share this with everybody, uh, while I was writing the book, is I had this conversation. Now look, I don't know how you feel about the voice of God and God speaking to people, but it is what it is. You know, I. He speaks I'm, to people. It's, he, it's he speaks. not debatable. He speaks. It's not debatable. It's he does. Pretty, We're it's, in. It's just, yeah, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. So um, 3.30 in the morning, I'm writing this book with this little like golf pencil. My callus has been built up because I'm writing like 17 pages a day. I think God's going to make wow. me a millionaire like writing books. I've never written anything since. So anyway, so, uh, so I'm, I'm just like, and just the middle of the night was, do you love me? I don't think I'd ever read the conversation with the Lord and Peter. But so do you love me? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love you. <laughs> Do you love me? Oh, yeah, you're awesome. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love Jesus? I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus, he's great. Do you love Jesus? I'm like, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Do you love Jesus? I'm like, no. Hmm. No, I don't. I was like, oh, crap, I don't even know Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm reading the Bible for angels and demons. I'm like, God, God, God. I'm telling everybody God is going to do this and God's going to take care of the 50 years and God. And I don't even know the Lord. So before I got to go to prison, I got to meet the Lord. You know, we kind of date God. A little bit to fall in love with Jesus. Does that make sense? Hey, yeah. God, God, I'll pick you up on Sunday. Then I'm gonna drop you off right for church, and I'll come pick you up again next week. And <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna date. It's gonna be cute. But do you really want to live with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to try you out, Lord. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you, I met Jesus, and man, I needed them because they sent me to Texas's maximum security prison in Palestine, Texas. Wow. Uh, 4,200 people. It is the largest wow. maximum security prison. Now listen. When the Lord's trying to work on someone's life, this is what it looks like. And it doesn't look good, but it was good. I can tell you it's good. I'm here, right? Um, so I go, and it wasn't that I was a maximum security crime. It said that I had maximum security time. So because of my time, it classified me as someone who was either a 
murderer. sex offender, a murderer, a robber, um, somebody who's a violent criminal. Anybody with 50 years and up is classified. Wow. You're going to live on one wing, and you're going to go work in the fields with an Aggie like you see in the movies. That was real. I sat with what? his warden. They do that? Yes, they do. They Are you kidding? They call them <laughs> farms for a reason. Oh my so gosh. they take these men out who have life sentences, and they, they work them in the fields. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's very true. And so the warden says, "Wow, I don't know. I don't know how what we can say on on the air. And I won't. It, it looks like you really PO'd some people off. Be, can I say the other thing? Yeah, you can yeah. say that. Sure. <laughs> it, That's fine. just for a fact. It looks like you really pissed some people off because I've never seen anything like this. I can't use you. If you had forty nine years, I could let you go be a clerk or work inside. He goes, but because you have fifty. Oh my gosh." You will go and work in the fields for ten years, and then you'll be reclassified, and then we'll come back and talk to you. I said, "What?" And he goes, "And I don't have any room for you anywhere, so you're going to go to Seg for two weeks." And man, all this was God. What's Seg? Oh, good call. Uh, <laughs> word terms for prison. We'll do a, we'll do a uh, <laughs> yeah. key, and we'll. Uh, I'll include uh, in the show yeah, notes thank, a list of you. prison Boom. vocabulary. Just like a pop of my head going <laughs> Seg segregated. So oh. segregation is where people go. Um, when they're in fear for their life, or they're in transit, or they're they've been in trouble, or they're a gang member, or so seg is you're by yourself in a little hole, uh, 24 hours a day, and uh, man, the Lord worked for two weeks. Man, the, just the forgiveness for my dad, and the forgiveness for the DA came in that two week period of time. Were you with your dad? No, okay. <clears throat> he was in uh, another place, another prison, and um, d- you know, just God working on him too in different ways. But um, so I. Uh, Two weeks in that thing, I, I finally get out and just uh, we'll, we'll kind of fast forward. But I remember going to the big wings where it was going to be life sentence guys, criminals, murderers, rapists. And this guy comes up next to me, big guy, says, Hey, let me help you with your bags. You know, I was like, Oh no, I've heard about you. <laughs> I know exactly who I've you are. I've seen Shawshank yeah. Redemption. I've seen Shawshank <laughs> yes. 20 times. So he goes, No, I'm a Christian, man. I'm here to help you. I know you got a lot of bags. Let me help you out. Man. All I started meeting was people that were tapped out for the Lord Jesus. Wow. I'm talking triple, quadruple life sentences, never going home, never going to see the light of day other than a field and an Aggie. And they were, dude, they loved the Lord. They were glowing with the glory of Moses. Like they were on fire. So I discipled with these men for eight years. I say eight years. Uh-huh. Four years at this one location. Um, I got chills, brother. Yeah, I got chills, I know, I know. man. Same. And it just—it oh was so gosh. powerful. These guys are still in communication with me today. They're not going home, you oh. know. And now we're we're getting to a place where we can go back and visit that one unit, uh, and I can't wait. Yeah. I would love to record that and just the just the when one gets out, it's like you made it. You know, I mean, you made it out. You're free. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so a miracle happens four years into the incarceration. My sentences get unstacked. So I go from the worst place in prison, I go to trustee camps, which look like Martha's Vineyard, and you get to go work on warden's homes. And so finally, it's like this process of Joseph of coming out of this, the, you know, the dungeon, and he's going into Potiphar's house, and he's working, and there's just some similarities there, and you realize, okay, now I'm, I'm in a different position, and I'm, I'm before officials. I'm, I'm, uh, and it's just different. Can, and, I, can I stop yeah, you real quick? Yeah. Were you innocent? Or were you guilty? Like, in your heart, did you really do something wrong? Can I just be honest? I don't think any of us are innocent. It did, well, right, of it, course. And I, I can tell you, it's like, I don't feel like I took money and put it in my pocket. But you know what I took? I took a paycheck while other people were owed money. I was lying to people like, oh, hey, the check's in the bank. My dad's got you. And all this yeah. secular thinking or checks on the way or money's in the, it's coming. And 
It wasn't coming. Did you know that? Did you know you were doing something wrong? Yeah, abs- I mean, absolutely. You're lying to people on the phone. You were and, lying and you're, to people. Hey, you need to tell them that the money's coming, or you need to tell them. And you knew thing. that wasn't true when you. Yes, were saying absolutely. It. So there was, there was, there was something where you did yeah. something wrong, and you had to deal with that as well, right? I, I would say the turn of the and to anybody that would ever listen to this podcast and say I was affected by that crime, I'm so sorry. We're just so remorseful. It was terrible. I can tell you that the Lord has worked great things out of it, yeah. and He's doing things to affect nations and cultures today mm, through yeah. what he did in that place so one broken person in a relationship with his wife is now is, is doing things that are cha- they're changing so i'm sorry but when they really the turning point of the trial was did you take a check when these people are owed money well here's an email that said you did know mm. that they were owed money mm. and you got a paycheck right here yeah you know you 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 so uh, but the punishment didn't really fit the crime, right? Right? Is that, is, that, is that the punishment is pretty extreme? I Fifty would, years I would say for, that, for can can you just pay it back? Is more like <laughs> can I pay yeah. it back? And yeah. now you're fined this amount that yeah. I'm a kid. I'm like you were probably right. like were you like in your twenties or young? I was 27 when I went away. Okay, I was gone for eight years total. And you could probably say that you know, did you feel like your dad kind of he didn't make you do these things, but you wanted to please him? I would say that I would have done anything my dad asked me to do. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I was just that kind of kid. And my dad was really a great dad yeah. in dad terms. Yeah, absolutely. Probably not a great businessman all the yeah. time in business terms, you know. So did you feel like Joseph? Because like Joseph really didn't do anything wrong. And you did something wrong, but it was like I lied and I and I maybe I misled people, but 50 years is quite an extreme it, it's uh, it's hard when we compare ourselves to people like Joseph and Job, but right. the application is still there. Same. There is an innocence in Job that I can never compare it to, but of course the first scriptures I started reading was Job and yeah. look at all he's saying, my complaint to God. Yeah. You know, um, Joseph being the same way. Right. My first Bible study that I ever gave not knowing anything about scripture because God said, hey, you've been sitting under a lot of teaching. Do you want to go and give some of that back or you want to remain a fat Christian? Because <laughs> a fat, you use getting, the word you, fat Christian. Get, yes, I'm serious. So you're getting to be a very fat Christian. <laughs> You know, I'm going to include that in the show notes you as well. You should. Fat that's Christian. The name, that's the title of this Welcome. Episode. All Christian. fat Christians. You know what fat Christians are? What are they? They're people that have sat in pews for 30 years and have never mm. used any of the information. They've just been eating and eating eating on yeah. people's mm. trees. Interesting. You get fat. Yeah. Uh, the lean Christian is one who's out sharing and always giving out. You know. And I would watch guys do that. I'm like, well, I can't do that. I just don't know enough. So he really said, stop being fat. Ian start leading these men discipling. And that that turning point was the first time I ever did a Bible study was Genesis 37. We started mm. talking about Joseph. Year after year, God would bring yeah. me back to Joseph to show a comparison. The tunic of many colors, these are the mantles that fathers put on their children. That's mm. my boy. Do you know that Joseph wasn't supposed to have that tunic? That was really a firstborn son right. type of tunic. And here's dad playing favoritism. And what did that spawn? It spawned... Uh, jealousy and envy, and even to the point of killing your brother. And of yeah. course, Joseph gets a word from the Lord. And so all that takes place. And I, I, as I walk through my life with Joseph, there's this stripping away of garments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the fleeing from lust in Potiphar's house, this is something that I had to go through. It's another testimony and story about mm. just being free from lust and, and fornication and, and not even realizing those things have been attached to me since I was really little mm. or really young. And you're like, wow. And that, that garment leaves, that tunic comes off. 
then you get changed into white linens, yeah. your head mm. gets shaved, and you get taken before authorities, mm-hmm. pharaohs, wardens. Man, I was watching my life. Yeah. And then, a, then this guy... <laughs> Lots of connections. Man, this Lots guy came in one time, his big brother named Keenan Williams out of Fort Worth. He's a, he's a gateway church, and he's just a fantastic business guy. He was gone for seven years. He wouldn't know it. He was just beautiful. And, and he said, God's taking you from the prison to the palace. And you know what's funny is my my mom was remarried and stuff happened and my mom married a uh, retired major in the Air Force, just a fantastic believer. And his son was a general at the one star general at the Pentagon. So my stepbrother well, became a man in authority who was a believer. Wow. And he sent me his Bible from Afghanistan. We have this relationship. We would I would write and talk and and he would just write me these incredible one liners about his life. And I thought, man, God's going to take me to the from the prison of the Pentagon. Praise <laughs> the Lord, you know. Yes, praise <laughs> the to the Pentagon. So uh, I haven't made it to the Pentagon yet. But well, if you bring getting, if you bring that Hebrews coffee, yeah, truck, they will let they you will in. Let the United you in. Nations, yeah, they will absolutely let you in. Oh, to the United Nations. We're the proud sponsor we, of the UN. A, <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. one. Hey, well, back to the fifty years. Why mm. don't you tell them why God really allowed that to happen? Um, versus just giving, you know, taking the plea for mm-hmm. eight years and how that impacted, you know, how that made an impact to really change and break you. Right. What she's referring to is my stubbornness in my heart mm-hmm. because 25 years wouldn't have done it. Oh, is that crazy? 25, because in my mind, I heard mm-hmm. them say 25. And then it went into deliberation. The jury said, yeah, we don't like him. 25 years. He's guilty. And the DA coming back and saying, hold on, hold on, Your Honor. We have a motion to stack charges here. We have another crime, which is the same thing, two sides of the crime. And we motion to stack these charges. Now, I didn't even know if I knew what that was at the time. But when they said 25, I thought, okay, well, I can probably do three four to five years and make parole. It's a non-aggravated crime. I already had it worked out in my head. Mm-hmm. You ever try to do that? You ever try to work out yes, the... Yes, of course. Well, God said no. And I look, this, this, uh, this judge... Just smiling. You know, he was from Mahaya. He wasn't even our judge. He was like a traveling move-in judge. He said, well, and we had a, we had a district attorney uh, from the appellate court come in. He said, Your Honor, you really can't stack charges because it's of the same criminal episode. And he said, well, I'm going to do it, and I'll let the appellate court rule on it. Wow. And ma- I mean, my whole, every, mm. the whole courtroom just in, I go, what did he just do? That's crazy. What did he just do? He goes, you can't do that. We can, we'll file to get an appeal. We'll, we'll do some things. And man, that's exactly what it took to break me. Oh, Lord Jesus. Isn't that crazy? 50 years. So for some of us, like myself, uh, this is what it was going to take. And you know what? It's awesome. And I don't regret anything about the time that I spent in that incarceration because once I knew the Lord, I didn't waste a single second of it. And we're going to get to coffee, I think. Um, <laughs> all this all this prepares the guy. I'm in the roast. This is the fire, okay? So yeah. we're still we're in the roasting. Yeah. But the, bar, the bean is cracking, double crack. Um, nice. We're at, we're at the first crack. Um, so in that discipleship, being uh, just totally broken for the Lord, meeting the Holy Spirit, walking through some things, um, just seeing all these ministers come in and volunteer, and really the heart of that church at the Cofield Unit is this beautiful church, it's this wooden church, it's like an old Catholic church, and we would run to it. It was our mm. only refuge. There is nothing good in prison but God. There is nothing good in prison. There is brick walls and steel doors and people that don't like their jobs, they build, but there's God. They build churches inside of prisons? They that do. Are, that are like nice? Probably additions. Uh, I would say lo- a lot of the prisons in our area, especially Texas, are probably 
early 19th century. I mean, er, 19, I mean, the walls is probably 1916 or 30. Right. I mean, so they would build churches in realizing, well, I better do something for these guys. Yeah. Laws started being in effect. People had the right to worship, even in prison. That's and cool. here we go. We have chapels. You know, And you would run to church because you're like, this run. is our... This I'd is sneak our... in. You had to have a pass to go there. Oh, I really? Would, I would lie to get into church. You had to have a pass to get yeah. in? I would lie. Well, Wait, well, how did the pass work? How did you get a pass? You would sign up. To go. I mean, they would have an open church like on a Wednesday night, and you could all go to that. But if it was classes or if it was just getting in there or it was a worship time mm-hmm. or if it was you would have to sign up to get enrolled and be okay to get a little pass, they sent you and say, hey, you can go next tomorrow morning. You can go to church. We'd lie. We'd go. We'd just we'd sneak in. Yeah. We'd That's do, the I'm kind of serious. lying you can do, and it's not a right? sign. Oh, yeah. I'm was, was, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to lie to get into church. You can lie to get into church. We ate the showbread. We grabbed Goliath's sword. We, yeah. <laughs> um, so did the idea for Hebrews, you said it was seven years ago, was mm. that dirt? Was that while you were So one, once I got out to um, Shangri-La, which was like the trustee camps, I, one day, I don't even know when it started, but I only know through the recollection of those who were with me that we would, I would, I just, you know what? I really want to do a, a, I think we need a Christian coffee shop. I have mm. no idea what those, I didn't even know Christian worship before prison. All I know is KSBJ. It's cool. We're going to do some interviews with KSBJ in the future. Oh, that's we awesome. We just met with them this week. And, and I was thinking, all we had was KSBJ. I don't even, when Tim McDermott was doing the live worships on Sundays, you know, like the inner his gates, that's yeah. all I knew for live worship. Wow. And God had started impressing upon my heart uh, during this coffee period to play piano. And we didn't have a piano. He's like, listen, you ever hear God? You need to start playing piano. Well, Lord, there's no piano. There's no like, piano. What do we do? Yeah, exactly. So I got Manila folders, and we and I had this Hispanic guy that was an old Christian rocker, you know, probably a Striper fan. To hell with the yeah. devil. Um, <laughs> he was like, I j- just give me a C, you know, give me a C. And I just chicken claw chords on the you know on the table. Wow. C C C C C on the folder. Yeah. Finally, I get transferred. And I go get my CDL, and I come back to Huntsville, which is closer to home. And I think the coffee thing really starts building at this point. Um, and I start le- they have a piano there, and I start learning how to play piano. And I just started like, hey, we're gonna have a Hebrews coffee. And it, you know, I didn't realize the joke had probably been played out for the last ten years. I thought it was incredibly witty, and I'm sure I read it somewhere. There's probably no originality it is, it to it. It is very good. It yeah, is. It's I love it's good. it. But it's like Hebrews, ha ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's in the Bible. I get this every day. Like everybody tags me too. <laughs> Did you see this meme about it's biblical that men brew coffee? <laughs> Did you get? Because, yes. Yeah. But I appreciate it every time you guys send it. So <laughs> keep sending the memes. Yeah. Um, so um, I started joking. Yeah, we're having Hebrews coffee. So all the men that were around me discipling, we would all come to my bunk and we would have Hebrews coffee. Really. And we would just joke about this is Hebrews coffee, Hebrews coffee. That's cool. And so when I so I get released after eight years, learn how to play piano, guitar. Did you know Marsha during your time? No, this no. is after. This okay. is she's she's post. Okay, gotcha. Nice. She's she's post breaking second crack. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we we I get released, man. After eight long years, uh, a lot of cool stories and there, a lot of cool teaching, miracles of God, seeing light and dark clash. Let me say this about prison. Light and dark clashes at such cataclysmic rates that it's very easy to see the miracles of God and also the work of the enemy. Wow. There is no gray. Wow. Yeah. And it's because when I come into a place like the woodlands and we live in the woodlands, I would say, and we've argued this, it's very gray land. It's very gray. And you go, well, there's no gray in the bottom. No, it's very gray. Hmm. Meaning the enemy does not have to do much in a place that yeah. has so much wealth. We're all good. We're just we're just doing our own thing. Yeah. We're, we're all working. easily distracted. We with are other man. little things. Yeah. That... But in a place, 
Tanzania or Kenya or prison where right. nothing is there and everything is stripped away, you are going to see those things cataclysmically just coming head to head. And it's awesome. Thank God I was there. You know what I mean? This is why missionaries come back. Oh, my God, Jesus is real. He's growing hands back <laughs> over in Malaysia. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Didn't happen in Congo. We don't, we don't believe in that we stuff. Don't believe in <laughs> we don't believe in, in Malaysians. Conroe. First <laughs> Corinthians 13, 8. So. <laughs> no Malaysians. Um, I'm sorry, Malaysians. Um, um, so get released. I'm, I'm pumped. Okay? I've been waiting in expectation, this preparation to be free for a very long time. How so, long had you known that you were going to be released earlier? No. No. Oh, okay. So, and, and up to the point there, I, I had a miracle happen four years into my incarceration, maybe four or five years. The appellate court came back ruling. There was a, I mean, the lawyer that had been working on my trial, he did nothing. Mm-hmm. God had sent another lawyer from the woodlands. Yeah, the, your first lawyer stunk pretty bad. You know, he, he uh, just to, if you're ever listening to this, he's probably a, a great attorney for DWIs and stuff. I don't know if he was really prepared for the magnitude of that trial. No. That was yeah. a bad trial, no. you know. Yeah. And the DA had already done it with my dad. So it was really a... Who was yeah. going to fight against that? You know what I mean? But the yeah. Lord wanted this to happen. Yeah. Like, that's the that's what you're trying to convey is, like, even People the would say and... that, how could you say that the Lord wanted this to happen? What mm-hmm. the Lord wanted was me. But, right. Yeah. What it was going to take to get me mm-hmm. was this. And he already knew he the future that you, you weren't going to actually right. serve 50 years. He wasn't, like, surprised by the ruling. Right. No. He knew. I'm right? reminded of a movie called Lord of the Rings. Only because <laughs> there's a poster on the back wall. <laughs> I felt like Frodo. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I love that poster. Yeah. <laughs> And Q Inya. Um, so um, we're getting released, knowing that there's a purpose and a passion. Being discipled, like my first church is Woods Edge, you know, and I go up. So wait, go back to the miracle. Oh, yeah. The miracle that where you got an. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, before we get there, if I could just if I could just say something, yes. um, you know, what you were we were talking about in terms of why the Lord would want you to go to prison, and because we have a tendency to think that uh, if, especially if we're not familiar with the word of God and really yeah. what kind of his heart is, is that yeah. if if there is a God and he is good, yeah. then he put us here for our personal yeah. happiness. Yeah. And that that is not necessarily the case. And so uh, what I want what I want to do is direct people to cgmradio.com uh, slash big text. Can yeah. use this opportunity to do that slash big text. And also, so we're going to have all of uh, Jeff and Marsh's contact information mm-hmm. for Hebrews Coffee. Um, and all of that, and to be able to subscribe to the show uh, at that page. So please go there. It'll be in, uh, in the show notes of, of this podcast. And I also wanted to make a quick announcement that we're going to be talking about our sister show, Faith, Reason, Culture. Uh, we're recording a couple new episodes this Saturday where we are talking kind of head on about mm. the problem of evil, nice. which for a lot of people, I'm guessing oh, yeah. you, Jeff, as an atheist, probably used oh, yeah, yeah. this quite a bit yes. and hurting Christians' faith, you know, mm-hmm. trying to trying to bring them down. It, it's one that, uh, I mean, atheists mercilessly beat yeah. Christians on, and what a lot of Christians don't realize is that there are very good answers, like very good answers yeah. to the problem to the problem of evil. Yeah. So, uh, so please check that out, cgmadio.com slash big text for all of Jeff and Marsh's information, and then also stay tuned for that. So, yeah. um, And faith, reason, and culture is a legit podcast yeah we've got a professor of apologetics uh, dr melissa travis uh, at cool. H- houston baptist university in daryl youngblood who's founder and president of rational defense of faith what ministries yeah is just a phenomenal show i'm unbelievably privileged to be a part of it so uh so 
check that out. And but that's a, there's an there's audio and there's also you can watch it on video. Uh huh. Yeah. It's there's YouTube. yeah. It's on it's on YouTube. You can subscribe to it as a podcast or you can watch it on YouTube. It is a YouTube show, which we hope to do that with more shows on the CGM Radio Network. But uh, that's our only video show for now. But it's uh it's really great. They're both incredibly gifted, talented, and doing what they're doing. So it's it's a huge blessing to, to kind of have them on and uh, doing that. So, uh, but yeah, Jeff, if you would, please yeah. kind of continue. So you show up at Wood's Edge. No, well, no, no, we'll go back. We'll go back a little bit. Yeah. I just got totally sidetracked by Lord of Rings. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to ring. do. Um, <laughs> See, we shouldn't have that poster. I know. No. It's distracting. It's what, do you, what do you mean, walk. my precious? My <laughs> precious? We right, love right, them. Come on. I'm, I'm at, this is a cliffhanger. What, we're at the, what was we're the, the cliffhanger, the folks. We're at the cliffhanger. Um, so, man, I have, I have so much to say. Um, at this precipice of not knowing. So, Rachel, kind of to your question. There is no hope to go home anytime soon. Here's why. So 25 years, that's one thing. And it's a non-aggravated sentence. So aggravated time, you are typically mandated by the state to do half of it. This is non-aggravated. So there's hope that maybe at 10% of the time that you've done, you would come up for parole. Now, in my situation, I was coming up for parole when men around me were not. So I had hope there. I was like, okay, hoping a miracle could take place. But the truth was I had another 25-year sentence on top of it. So even if I made parole, I would have to start the next sentence. And that could be another five to ten years. Wow. Oh, yeah. So we really wanted these sentences to be unstacked. And man, and so this other attorney, not the one that was in trial with me, another attorney just did nothing. I have this little lady who comes down from the woodlands. So sweet. I saw her at the, at the chamber. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw her name. I said, that's her. I'm finding her. We went and found her. And Marsh and I met her. Wow. <clears throat> she came in, this little old lady. I just, man, I just remember just talking about Jesus. And I, just, I, don't, I don't cry a lot. But for some reason, that day I was like, Jesus. <laughs> she goes, I have no idea who I'm talking to. The paperwork here makes you look like a complete monster. I'm going to go get these sentences unstacked. Is there anything else you need me to do? I said, ma'am, I think I'd just be very grateful if we can unstack those sentences. She goes, there are other errors here in your trial. There's other things that we could possibly fight against. I said, I, you know what? I'm, at this point... I think God has just allowed me to know that we're going to unstack these charts. What it looks, man, this lady kicked. What's butt. her name? Let's let's give her a shout out. Oh, you put me on the spot. I'll think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll remember. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, she is amazing. God will come back to me. So, and she came in. She just kicked butt. I mean, within six months, I had letters from her, letters from her, from filing wow. and filing and filing, and finally one day, I get this letter in the mail from my sister-in-law saying, you won't believe it, but they've unstacked your charges. You've gone from 50 years to 25 years. Wow. And I, I can't even give you all the things that were taking place, even that week that God was doing, to lead me up into a place of faithfulness to be grateful for this thing. You so know? how many years did that take? That was probably four to five years. Before you could yes, before I could a little bit easier so of knowing. Okay. David Jeremiah had started a seminary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we did, Shadow Mountain came in. It wasn't him personally, but Shadow Mountain had come in with some doctrine, kind of Baptist-y doctrine, and they started a seminary on the bad wing. God was like moving to allow the exodus for all the guys with big time to go on a wing. It was a seminary wing. Wow. Now, it was a complete disaster because anybody of the faith could come in. So uh, any any so faith debates. So oh my god, no. <laughs> but I guess seminary is full of debate, right? Well, it wasn't even debate, guys. It's it's spiritual warfare at this oh, point wow. because God has declared that there's a Christian wing, 
and every force of hell was coming against that oh, thing. Right. Wow. And working through other Christians to destroy it. Wow. But in the midst of that, I was having some really great time in teaching, and, <laughs> and I was getting to teach, so God kind of called me into teaching, and there was just a, a passion for it and a way to communicate and have a good time with Scripture. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. So in that class, in that, that year I was in there, um, I'm in. Like, whatever. Let's do it. Let's get degrees. Let's. I mean, this is what I wanted. I yeah. couldn't afford to go back to school at this point, and there was a possibility of going to U of H through Darrington. I never finished my degree in public relations, so starting over, going to Darrington, having a U of H program, uh, whatever. I couldn't ever get in. There was a lot of money. So they brought this in for free. We get a part of the wing. One year into it, my sentences get unstacked. I get called down to the same warden. And listen, he, he chews me out. He tells me, you are never going to a trustee camp. You will never. They've unstacked your charges. That means nothing to me. I go, okay, Lord. I'm totally humiliated. <laughs> I just go back totally dejected. Like, God, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> don't you ever humiliate. Like, oh, why would you bring me down there for that? That was terrible. Two weeks later, same warden. He goes, hey, Mr. Wood, how are you? Uh, we went ahead and got your S2 thing taken care of. You're going to be S2. Wait, like a, what? Is he schizophrenic? <laughs> it was just the Lord, man. You know, the scripture says God turns the heart yeah. of the king. Yeah. Don't you ever think he can't. People are so fickle. I can be mad one day and happy the next five minutes, right? It's kind of like the butler or the guy that, that Joseph like yes. gave the, the word to, and he said, tell the, you know. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll give talk you, a, you up. Yeah, I'll two give years you a good later. word. Two years yeah, later. Two years later, Joe. Oh, there's a guy I remember back in the day. <laughs> He's probably still there. Yeah. <laughs> this same warden. I'm. T- I'm just like night and day. But here's what. Here's how you know the Lord is working. I said, great. That means I would move from maximum security, which is behind three fences. I would go to a trustee camp, which is like open outside. You stay in dorm. Oh, sorry. You stay in dorms and um, you, you're working. You're you're working twelve hours a day for the state of Texas, but you're out and. You can see cars driving. It's, it feels less less. Oh like Oh, my God, it's heaven. I walked in and go, you people don't know how good you have it. <laughs> yeah. We're preaching on the rec yards. We've got softball fields and basketball courts. But you courts. still have to work 12 hours a you day. You have to work 12 hours a day. Oh, yeah. But that was okay, because whatever. I learned how to sheet rock and tile, and I'm, I'm eating nice. everything. When you're hungry for the Lord, every bitter thing is sweet. Amen? Yeah, amen. It doesn't matter. I was, just, I was like, oh, I'll be a sheet rocker. I'll be a tiler. I'll be a CDL truck driver. Never. I haven't done that either, but I have my CDL. Amen? Um, and so uh, this is the unstacking, and the, the warden says, I said, look, great. That's, uh, that's a, thank you. Can I stay and finish this seminary program? He said, absolutely not. He said, you can deny this, and I'll send you to segregation. I said, what? Oh. He said, and this is the Lord. He goes, they need you out there. You're going to the trustee camp. Mm. And I, you go, what, you, what does that mean? They did, man. These men out there had just had some, just a lot of turnover, and people go home really fast from the. Yeah. So there was this movement of bringing leadership together and really starting a, a church and being a pastor, and that, that became kind of my first pastoral mm. place with two other men for two years. Yeah. And learned how to play piano on a piece of paper then, got transferred to Huntsville. Huntsville, we started leading more men, learned how to play guitar and piano. Is this the one that we were at in, in Christmas? Win. Yeah, the that's the same. That's same the Huntsville place, right? I was at. Yep. Wow. Well, that, oh, sorry. That was the walls. So Okay. Yeah. But w- in Huntsville. In Huntsville. There's several bunch. There's a lot. The Win unit is one of them right down the road. The walls is actually where you get released from. Gotcha. So, um, did you people, come out of the walls? I did. Wow. I came out of that same little walkway. Oh my gosh. Um, God, are we getting a coffee? I'm sorry. How long is this show? Um, <laughs> we're going to get there. We, we can always do a part two. Okay. And long. cut. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in light of the fact that uh, we're going to cut, I think we are going to cut this time. And uh, we're going to do a part 
two. Uh, Jeff, if you would kind of give us a, a little preview of part two, where uh, where the story is going to go from here, and then if you would share with us how we can follow you online, your website, how we can keep in touch with you, and, and all of that. Yeah, part two will look like um, post-incarceration after eight years, what that looked like dealing with the church life, the meeting of Marcia. Okay. Dun, dun, She's dun. a pretty big deal. And then the rise of Hebrews Coffee. Whoa. <laughs> And you no, know, if you guys would follow us, the website is www.hebrewscommunitycoffee.com. But even following us on Facebook, Facebook's great for events, and we're very event-driven. So at Hebrews Community Coffee, same thing with Instagram. Okay, Instagram Hebrews Community Coffee. Okay, fantastic. And I'll have all of that in the show notes of, as well of, of this podcast. So you can check it out there. You can also find it at cgmradio.com/slash/bigtechs. Also, make sure to email us. Big text at cgmradio.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Jeff and Marcia, thank you for being here for part one. Yay, thank you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see everyone, including Jeff and Marcia, for part two next week. You guys have a blessed week, and thank you for joining us.